Good morning. Welcome to worship today. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, we, we were planning to be gone for a couple Sundays uh, for vacation, but we were not intending to be gone three Sundays in a row because of our, uh, our COVID uh, experience a couple weekends ago. But we're all recovered in our house, and we hope you and yours are all doing okay, too. Um, but yeah, it's good, good to be back after that uh, unexpectedly long uh, absence. So uh, good to see you this morning. And so much has happened. Uh, I w- really was sad to miss the welcoming of new members three Sundays ago. And so I get to welcome uh, those of you who are here today, uh, now that I'm here. Um, and, uh, and also was uh, uh, thinking about the family of Darlene Riddell uh, these past couple weeks. Uh, as her service was this past week. Um, Just a couple of announcements before we begin. Um, First of all, uh, after a couple of of years off, we are welcoming back Bike and Build, which is a group of young adults that travels across the country and they work on affordable housing as they go um, and as they bike around. And uh, we have been one of their stops in the past, and this next week will be uh, <laughs> this next week will be uh, uh, welcoming them. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be welcoming back to Trinity. Uh, we've got a couple things to get ready for that, including a meal next Sunday at 6 p.m. Um, we're putting our heads together on what we want to provide for them. It's a group of about uh, 20. In the past, we've welcomed. Uh, members of the congregation as well to eat with them and to hear uh, an update about their work and to meet meet the, the biking builders. If you are interested in um, providing food or helping in any way with bike and build, we're just going to have a very brief meeting after church in the library. Just uh, meet with uh, me in there so we can figure out what else we need to get ready. But we're, we're excited to welcome them back. Just uh, another um, update to our prayers. We've had uh, uh, several people to be praying for recently. Um, Some of you may have heard that um, Vern uh, Jacobson um, had a a terminal cancer diagnosis and will be entering hospice care. So for those who uh, know and love Vern and and Penny, uh, please be praying for for them uh, in the days ahead. just being back, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Is there uh, any other announcements that we need to make before I, we begin? If not, we'll begin our service with our prelude music uh, to center ourselves for worship.
Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not followed your path, but have chosen our own way. Instead of putting others before ourselves, we long to take the best seats at the table. When met by those in need, we have too often passed by on the other side. Set us again on the path of life. Save us from ourselves and free us to love our neighbors. Amen. Hear the good news. God does not deal with us according to our sins, but delights in granting pardon and mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are free to love as God loves. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Reminder that we've been using uh, a resource for expanded prayers of the day. And today's prayer of the day draws on our first reading from Isaiah 66, where God is compared as a mother comforting her child. And you'll notice that the text is in bold, so I invite you to pray with me. Let us pray. God, our mother, you cradle us at your breast, providing for all our needs. In your tender strength, you carry your children through this world, giving us to one another as siblings in faith. Teach us to bear one another's burdens and in your likeness offer comfort and care to all creation. Grant us courage to bear your truth into the world, in the streets, our neighborhoods, and homes. Shake off the shame that might cling to us. Free us to love our neighbors and ourselves without fear. In you we find our hope and our home. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from the 66th chapter of Isaiah at the end of the last exile. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in love, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like a flowing stream. And you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your body shall flourish like grass, and it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants, and his indignation is against his enemies. Word of God, word of life.
The second reading is from Galatians chapter 6. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work, and then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity... Let us work for the good of all and especially for those of the family of faith. See what large letters I make when I'm writing my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law. But they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them and mercy upon the Israel of God. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, 
no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in the name, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. And grace and peace be with you, friends, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm assuming that most of you will be familiar with our sending hymn for today. I love to tell the story. It's one of my favorites. I love to tell the story, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I will admit to occasionally being a bit teary-eyed during the third verse especially. I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. During that verse, I think of so many people. I think of people like Michael and Vera. Those aren't their real names, but they are real people. longtime members of my first call. Michael suffered from Alzheimer's disease in his final years, and in his final months, he declined rapidly. He was pretty much unresponsive in his final days, but I went to visit with him and his wife. She asked me to bring communion, even though it was unlikely that he would be able to partake. But Vera and I sat together with Michael, She told stories about him and their life together. We prayed, and we sang a a hymn as best as we could from memory. Then we shared communion together. The whole time I had been there, and for much of the day, Michael had been out of it with his eyes closed. But when I got to the words of institution, his eyes shot open, and he became very alert. And as I finished the Lord's Prayer, he stretched out his hand for the bread. 
After communing, he closed his eyes again, and he died later that night. Vera and I talked about that moment several times after that because it was so hard to believe that it happened. And I think of that moment as I sing. I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. Michael had heard that story throughout his life, but still was hungering and thirsting to hear one more time of God's great love for him. No matter how many times we've heard the story, no matter how many times we've heard that Jesus loves us, we need to hear it again and again. I think of those beloved children of God, those saints who've gone before us, who love to tell the story and who hungered to hear it again, too. Is there anyone here who's hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest? Today's gospel reading is about the sending of the 70, or the 72, depending on your English translation. That is, this is the story about how Jesus would appoint 70 of his followers to go ahead of him to spread the message of the kingdom to every town and place. Heaven is about to invade earth, and everyone needs to know about it. The number 70 could be symbolic. It might be symbolic of the number of nations that are listed in the book of Genesis, implying that this is the moment where Jesus' mission, his outreach to the nations begins. And that's going to be central to Luke and Acts, especially after Pentecost. But the number could also simply demonstrate the growing number of followers beyond the original 12 who are originally sent out in mission. Jesus sends this group of 70 out, but he makes sure that they grow out in groups of two. Maybe you remember the buddy system from camp or school. In Deuteronomy, it says that a lone witness isn't enough to convince someone. It isn't reliable enough that you need at least two witnesses for testimony to be trustworthy. So perhaps Jesus thinks his message will be accepted by more people if two witnesses show up. But Jesus' buddy system could also be for another reason, for for the safety of the messengers. Jesus says to his followers, See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. He's not really selling this mission very well. He says, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And he tells them that they're going to face rejection. And there's wisdom here for us as well. We need each other. This Christianity thing, this church thing is a team sport. We are sent as disciples, as ambassadors, together. So if you go out to share the good news, take a buddy with you. These messengers are sent with uh, a simple message and not much else. In fact, Jesus forbids them from carrying a purse or a bag or even taking some sandals with them. And even though they're going to be lambs among wolves, Jesus does not tell them to carry or conceal any weapons. The message about the kingdom is so urgent, this peaceful message is so urgent, 
that they aren't even supposed to stop and greet anyone on the road. It's kind of an awkward thing when you think about it. But when you think about what Jesus' message is, about an invasion of heaven into earth, the kingdom of God becoming a reality among us, the time for dilly-dallying is over. I don't imagine Paul Revere, with his urgent message, stopped to chit-chat with anyone on his way to Lexington. That's how urgent for Jesus this message is. The invasion of heaven into earth has begun. It's time for everyone to find out. Their instructions are to go to every town and present themselves to a household and to rely on the hospitality there. You know, often in church, we, we, and I fall into this too, we think that our only goal is to get people to come to us, to come and sit with us here, to get people to come to our events, to eat our food, to sit in our pews. But in this story, Jesus turns that sense of discipleship, that sense of mission on its head. He tells his followers not to stay in one place, but to go and meet people where they already are. Go to their houses, eat their food, sit with their families. In this scenario, we are the guests rather than the hosts. We are called to meet people where they are. Another pitfall that we fall into at times is that we assume texts like this only apply uh, to clergy, to people who are uh, uh, missionaries or, or pastors. But this sense of discipleship, the sense of being sent, is for each and every one of us. We are all sent as ambassadors of Christ to meet people where they are. Jesus goes on to say, Remain in the same house, get to know them, eat and drink whatever they offer. Maybe our goal isn't to get everyone to like the same foods that we like, to look and behave like us. Maybe God is calling us beyond our comfort zones to appreciate the flavors and the customs of others. Meet people where they are seems to be Jesus' message for those 70 followers and for us. And Jesus gives these 70 followers a simple message. First, he says, go to their house and say, peace to this house. And then you break some bread and you offer some healing. And then the second half of the message is, the kingdom of God has come near to you. I think the spoken parts of those messages are something that we all could say, we could all memorize, you know, peace to your house and the kingdom of God has come near to you. In other words, Jesus' mission for them is to offer peace, to offer friendship, to offer healing, and hope. If they aren't open to that message, he says it's time just to wipe the dust off your feet and head on to the next house. This is the ride of Paul Revere. This isn't a time just to wait for someone who's not going to be convinced anyways to get on board. The message of the kingdom is another way to describe the old, old story of Jesus and his love. The coming of the kingdom of God is a sign of God's love and hope for all creation. The coming of the kingdom means that God is about to set things right, to right wrongs, to end injustice. That God is going to turn this upside-down world right side up. To say the kingdom of God has come near to you 
means that the heavenly invasion has begun. Earthly tyrants beware because they are about to be ripped from their thrones, and as Mary sang, the lowly will be lifted up. Even the age-old, seemingly unbeatable enemies of sin and violence and war and disease and death are going to be conquered when God is all in all. Jesus says to those followers and to us, go offer peace and friendship and healing and let everyone know that there is hope, even when it seems hopeless, because the kingdom of God has come near to you. That's the old, old story, isn't it? This is a text that's worth carrying around and reflecting on because it teaches us how to be disciples today, which is all of us. Maybe you can take your bulletin home with you this week and place the text on your refrigerator or someplace where you'll see it each day. Or maybe you can carry it around in your pocket and remember that Jesus sends you with a message of peace a message of friendship and healing and hope. Maybe you can try this. Go to someone, anyone and everyone really, and offer them a greeting of peace. If you stay a while, offer them friendship, preferably with some food involved, because that always helps. And let your loving presence be a source of healing to that person. And if you feel comfortable, let them know that there's hope. As Arun Hadi Roy has said, another world is not only possible, she is on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. That's a more contemporary way of saying the kingdom of God has come near to you. Another world is on the way. The hymn I love to tell the story reminds us that we all need to hear this again and again. We may not have been part of that original 70, but we too are sent as ambassadors of Christ. You can think of Trinity as an embassy and you all are ambassadors sent out. The purpose of an embassy is not for you all just to stay here, but for you to go out and be ambassadors of that message of hope and healing and love. We have a message that is urgent and that everyone needs to hear. A new world is on the way. The second verse of I Love to Tell the Story says we need to tell it because some have never heard that. Some have never heard that there is this hope. Some have never heard that there is healing and friendship and peace available. And Jesus sends you. But again, the third verse reminds us that even if you've heard this before, even if we are the ones who know it best, we might still, we will hunger and thirst to hear it like the rest. Are you hungering today, my friends? Are you thirsting? Do you need that daily, weekly, hourly reminder of God's love for you in Christ Jesus? If so, hear this. Peace be to your house. There is friendship and fellowship and communion for you today. There is hope because the kingdom of God is among us here and now and will someday come in its fullness. 
The love of God is for you. Just reach out your hand. The old, old story is for you. Amen. by the Spirit, we pray for the Church, the creation, and all in need. You send your Church into the world to proclaim Christ's new creation to all. Renew the Church as it carries out your mission of peace and healing. We pray for missionaries who accompany your people. God of grace, our prayer. Your creation abounds with flowing waters and diverse creatures. Guide the work of climate change climate scientists as they develop and advocate ways to restore Earth's natural balance. Motivate humankind to adopt lifestyles that protect and sustain the earth. God of grace, hear our prayer. You guard the nations, 
Let no leaders exalt themselves, but lift up the most vulnerable and work for the good of all. Send your spirit to eradicate classism and inequity, violence and war, poverty and hunger. God of grace, hear our prayer. You desire abundant life for all. As we celebrate Independence Day, instill in us gratitude, generosity, and persistence in working toward freedom for all people. God of grace, hear prayer. Mother in God, you care for all people in need. Nourish those who are hungry. Restore employment to those who have lost work. Comfort all who are dying or grieving and heal the sick, especially Clem, Vern, Sharon, Jackie, Mary, Randy, Leticia, Denia, Bonnie, and those we name now aloud or silently. God of grace, hear our prayer. We remember the saints who proclaimed your reign on earth and now rest in you, especially Thomas the Apostle, whom we remember today. Make us faithful in our witness to Christ's new creation. God of grace. God of every time and place, in Jesus' name and filled with your Holy Spirit, we entrust these spoken prayers and those in our hearts into your holy keeping. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. We share a sign of peace, those around you.
Please stand as you are able. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have set before us a plentiful harvest. As we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your field and equip us to bear fruit for the good of all. In the name of Jesus. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and most merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, you have brought us this far along the way. In times of bitterness, you did not abandon us, but guided us into the path of love and light. In every age, you sent prophets to make known your loving will for all humanity. The cry of the poor has become your own cry. Our hunger and thirst for justice is your own desire. In the fullness of time, you sent your chosen servant to preach good news to the afflicted, to break bread with the outcast and despised, and to ransom those in bondage to prejudice and sin. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his death and resurrection, we await the day when Jesus shall return to free all the earth from the bonds of slavery and death. Come, Lord Jesus, and let the church say, Amen. 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 
Send your Holy Spirit, our advocate, to fill the hearts of all who share this bread and cup with courage and wisdom to pursue love and justice in all the world. Come, Spirit of freedom, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. Join our prayers and praise with your prophets and martyrs of every age, that rejoicing in the hope of the resurrection, we might live in the freedom and hope of your Son. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. Communion today, you will come up the side aisles, where at the front there will be two tables where you will pick up an empty cup. You'll bring that cup with you to the railing where it will be filled with wine and where you'll receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just pick them up on your way and bring them to the railing. After you've communed, you will return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in the bowl by the center aisle here. We want all friends, guests, and visitors to know that all are welcome to commune with us today because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. And the invitation comes from Christ. I also want to acknowledge our uh, friends who are joining us online and by phone and invite you to gather with us around the communion table at this time. Receive this invitation to communion. In Christ's presence, there is fullness of joy. Come to the banquet.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Life-giving God, through this meal you have bandaged our wounds and fed us with your mercy. Now send us forth to live for others, both friend and stranger, that all may come to know your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus.
A reminder to those who want to stick around and talk about Bike and Build, we'll meet in the library uh, after this. The God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always. Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace. Love your neighbor.